Massimo Giannulli has received a lot of bad press due to his involvement in the college admission scandal, but he used to be a successful fashion designer. In this episode, I'm talking about the rise and fall of Massimo the brand. Welcome to Most Fashionable Crime, a fashion-related true crime podcast hosted by me, Taryn. If you want to be on trend, make sure to sign up for the newsletter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow the podcast on Twitter at Most Fashionable and Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Most Fashionable Crime. There's also a discussion group on Facebook and a Reddit community, which are both linked in the notes, which are both linked in the notes. Thank you to everyone that supports this podcast. I really do appreciate you all so much. And there's a link in the notes if you would like to support too. You can also support Most Fashionable Crime by sharing this podcast, leaving a five-star rating and or a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and just listen and engage on social media. While you're listening, go ahead and share that you are to your Instagram story. This bonus episode sticks with the theme of the first season, which was thievery. I find this story particularly interesting because the people who were burglarized didn't have a fashionable steal, but they did steal educational opportunities from others. On January 3rd, 2022, the home of married couple Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli was burglarized. The burglars got away with $1 million in jewelry, including a jewelry box belonging to Laughlin. The thieves entered the home by smashing their bedroom window and were dressed in all black and wore masks to cover their faces. The burglary was discovered by a housekeeper, and according to sources, the police believe a South American crew of burglars were behind this. Allegedly, they traveled into the United States, hit various locations, and then returned to South America. I mentioned something similar in the third episode of the first season about boosters if you want to re-listen or if you want to go back and listen to that episode. I recently started listening to this podcast called Who Weekly, where they talk about celebrities that aren't, mm, I don't want to say A-listers, but basically media outlets and the masses don't pay them much mind. I'm aware there is a chance you do not recognize the names Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli when I just said them. The main reason why their names are even mentioned now is due to their college admission scandal. I'm going to start with Lori Laughlin since she may be arguably the most famous or recognizable of the two. Lori Laughlin was born in Queens, New York, and raised on Long Island. She began her career at just 11 years old as a print model. She is best known for her role on the family sitcom Full House, where she played Rebecca Donaldson and eventually became Aunt Becky Kasopoulos, the wife of Uncle Jesse, played by John Stamos. Despite her being best known for her work on Full House, she does have quite a bit of IMDb credits. During this time, she was married to Michael Burns, who, similar to her, is Catholic and of Irish descent. Throughout the majority of their marriage, Burns was a managing director and head of office at an investment banking office in Los Angeles, California. But now he is the vice chairman of Lionsgate Entertainment Corporation, also known as Lionsgate. According to the Lionsgate website, over the past six years, their motion picture box office has seen over $10 billion. In 1995, Lori Laughlin met Massimo Giannulli and divorced from her husband the following year. She and Giannulli eloped in 1997. As I go throughout the story, I refer to Giannulli as the person and Massimo the brand. 
Massimo Giannulli is a fashion designer. You may be familiar with the name Massimo due to the previous deal with Target. Prior to the deal with Target, Massimo was a higher-end brand. His story initially comes across as a rats to riches tale, but it's really not that at all. Massimo Giannulli was actually born in Massimo Giannulli in Los Angeles, California. Apparently, his first grade teacher recommended he change his name to Massimo because it would be easier to pronounce. I found this fact to be both sad and ridiculous. After high school, he attended the University of Southern California. The story was that he studied business and architecture for three years and then dropped out in 1987 to start his eponymous streetwear line, Massimo, with a loan of $100,000 from his father. Allegedly, the true story is found in a write-up by Bobby Hundreds for TheHundreds.com. From what I gather, instead of it being a $100,000 loan from his dad, Giannulli wasn't actually enrolled at the University of Southern California. He faked report cards and faked tuition bills and pocketed the money to start his t-shirt business in 1987, making use of the opportunities to grow his brand on campus. Following the first fiscal year, Massimo generated over $1 million in profits and quadrupled that the next year. According to CNN, it was confirmed to them by the University of Southern California that Giannulli attended the spring 1984 semester, but not as a matriculated student. He was a part of the College of Continuing Education that was open to anyone with no formal admissions requirements and was a non-degree program. Giannulli was also a member of the Beta Theta Pi fraternity. According to a fraternity spokesperson, it was not uncommon for non-matriculating students to be a member of the organization. The family's lawyer, Perry Visconti, is also pictured in a 1984 yearbook photo of the fraternity along with Giannulli. As you can see, the t-shirt business was quite profitable and it expanded to include sweaters, sweatshirts, and knitwear in 1991. By 1995, the multi-million dollar business and brand had grown to include men's tailor suits and women's clothing. In March of 1996, Giannulli was 29 years old at the time and took Massimo public with an initial public offering. Reportedly, at the time, he was the youngest CEO ever of a New York stock exchange company. Giannulli made the cover of Forbes in October of that same year. The next month, shares fell from $50 to $4.75. It is very hard for a brand to make the leap to high-end fashion from beachwear. Personally, I think it would have been better to create a separate brand with a completely different name. During this time, his first marriage ended and he left his six-month-old son, Gianni. I did say earlier that Giannulli and Laughlin met in 1995. I'm not sure there were any overlaps in their relationship and the relationships they had with their respective spouses or what type of relationship they even had. By 1998, the couple had been married for a year and they had a daughter named Bella. 1998 is also the year when Giannulli gave half his share to the former chief executive of Tommy Hilfiger, Edwin Lewis. This divvy helped increase the stock price per share. There was a good amount of drama with Edwin Lewis, but I will skip to the part where Massimo becomes a fixture at Target. In March of 2000, it was announced that Target Stores and Massimo Inc. reached a licensing agreement of $27.8 million. According to the Los Angeles Times, Giannulli contributed his design services and licensed his company's trademark to Target, which in turn sold men's and women's Massimo apparel at all of their 923 stores that they had at the time across the country. Massimo received $8.5 million in royalties during the first year, and the agreement included a three-year sales guarantee of $1 billion. In 2006, Massimo was acquired by Iconis Brands for $135 million in cash and stock. Iconis Brands also acquired Mud for $88 million to expand their portfolio. 
This appears to have been the end of Giannulli's connection to Massimo. In 2017, Massimo, along with Morona, were dropped from Target to be replaced by Goodfellow and Co. in a new day, respectively, due to the previous brands becoming too homogenized. You may be surprised to find out that Giannulli has still been designing. He launched G4 in 2011. G4 is a women's and men's apparel, footwear, and accessories company for golfers. It started because Massimo felt that golf attire could use more color, flair, and style. The brand was acquired by Peter Millar in January 2018. At the time, it appeared that Giannulli would hold on to the design, branding, and marketing sides of the business, while Peter Millar would take over the inventory, financing, e-commerce, sourcing, and forecasting sides of the business, so pretty much all of the back end. I'm not really sure how involved Giannulli has been in G4 since the college admission scandal, which I will talk about more on the YouTube channel. Jumping into a different market after being established in another is how a lot of brands fail. Giannulli seemed to have found a niche with G4 and saw success by sticking with it. Thank you for listening to Most Fashionable Crime. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on any new episodes. In case you missed it, the theme of season two is House and it will debut on Monday, February 14th. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, download episodes, and leave a five-star rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All of my sources are linked in the notes. In case you're wondering, this podcast was written, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Taryn. All the music you heard in the episode is from Epidemic Sound.